For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, all right, all right. Good evening. We are back. I survived camp. Yeah. It is slumming at Austin P. Slumming at Austin <laughs> P. Yeah. In it dorms. In the dorm, uh, living the dorm life for for three days, and uh, got a lot done. Did you, did you like um, call your mom for money for old time's sake? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I called her for money. I um, we, I, we had dining hall food. Um, it was great, man. Uh, I feel like you're overselling that. I'm definitely overselling it. It was the most, it was the most, I, it was the most okay. It was completely okay. Yeah. The okayest food I've ever had. Yeah. The okayest food ever. Pizza was okay. The soft serve ice cream was, that was the premier item. Nice. Right. Well, that would be yes. So, we are SEC After Dark. We are presented by Dead Soxy. Hey there, college sports fans. Want to show your allegiance down to your socks? Dead Soxy's got you covered. Socks with vibrant socks in your team's colors, whether it's purple and gold if you're an LSU person, crimson or cardinal. Dead Soxy is the place to go. Found a pair you like? Subscribe for big-time perks with a constant 25% discount, early access to exclusive styles, and, of course, free shipping. Plus, we welcome new members with a free gift. So why wait? Find your favorite socks at deadsoxy.com right now. And as always, stay soxy. So, stay soxy. Stay soxy. So uh, a lot has happened since we since we last bet. Uh, left you. Um, I've made a few bets on betonline.ag, by the way. We were also presented by them. Um, they uh, and uh, won a few things. I actually bet on the Tigers. Won a couple things there. Um, successfully bet on the Tigers, I should say. And uh, things have been going well. We had camp, like I said, at Austin Peace. Survived that. Um, but we have a action-packed show for you guys. We got team previews we're going to preview uh the sec east if you want a more in-depth preview of the georgia bulldogs 
we'll talk about it a little bit here at some point, but believe in Georgia dogs to, to get the full extensive previews as Israel and I are going to start ramping that up. Of course, we're going to talk about Ole Miss a little bit. However, if you want to deep dive into the Ole Miss Rebels, listen to Stephen Willis on Locked On Ole Miss. And Tide Talk Live, if you want to hear about the Crimson Tide and the quarterback battles they're going over, of course, we will talk about that as well. But him and Stacy do a really good job at Tide Talk Live, and uh, they'll talk more about the Tide and, and dive into every position, everything uh, fall camp for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And uh, if you want to talk Tennessee, well, unfortunately, you got to. This is your stop because Jeb talks about old school movies. I think yes. so. Well, eventually uh, he will. Eventually he's getting, he will. He's, getting he's there. Building his set. His set yes. is coming along pretty cool. I like his critter in the background, and he's got a Necronomicon. There we go. And, yeah, yeah. I like this. Mm-hmm. I was I was starting to think that Jeb building a set was kind of like the checks in the mail. Yeah, yeah it, it was. Uh, unfortunately, Stephen, his wife, came over and forced it on me. So, no. what are you gonna do? Good for Stephen and Becky. I had to go to IKEA. Okay, <laughs> it was not fun. Yes, yes. So um, that that is that is very very good. IKEA is <laughs> such a place. It's like it's like the casino for women, where you get in there. There's like no outside windows. There's no <laughs> clocks. It's just one big maze. And like you could be in there four hours pass by and you would have no idea. It is the most oh, exhausting place on earth. They're good at it too because we walked in. Where what we wanted wasn't too far in, so we looked around, found what we wanted, and said, "Okay, this looks good. We're gonna buy these." And they said, "Well, you got to go on through to the end, and then you can pick them up yourself right down there and, and and pay for them and leave." Through to the end is like another two hour walk. I mean, <laughs> we seriously just kept walking and walking and walking in a maze. It goes around in circles, like concentric circles, as it goes mm-hmm. down. It was amazing. Like, we couldn't find the end. And there was no way to like get out of that and just leave because the end is where you got out of the building. Uh, yeah. It's very good and, and very frustrating. Very frustrating. Speaking, so. of, speaking of walking around in a maze and not knowing how to get out and not knowing what's what and, and being very frustrated, the four teams we're going to talk about often do this throughout the courses of their season. Steve is going to talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks. Jeb, you are going to talk about them Gators. Uh, Jake, you're, you, you draw the short straw and you're talking Mizzou, and uh, I'm talking Vandy. No, I think you draw the short straw. <laughs> Vandy's more interesting than Missouri. I, 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 I'll talk to you about that. Okay. Yeah, Can't wait. About that. Yeah. Can't wait. You know what, Jeb? You want to start with the Gators? By the way, jump into it? yeah, oh, yeah. By, by the way, real quick, before we start that, y'all yeah. smell that? What's that? It's football season, baby. Football it's season here. is here. Ooh, it I is freaking I, here. I thought I, I, I thought I smelled the smokers going yes. with ribs and yeah. I, yes. Hey, before we um do our start our previews, Chauncey yeah, has Chauncey. an interesting question. Okay. Says, speaking of your betting sponsors, do you guys feel unders will be hitting early in the season due to the clock changes? Uh yes, yeah. a lot of Ooh. unders will hit probably. Mm-hmm. Um. Early on, especially some of these matchups, like I, I think Florida and Utah are going to hit the under, um, and just because of the new clock rules and how sloppy things are, that game you might want to take uh, Florida plus ten because I think that'll be a tight one. Not because Florida's any good, just because it, it'll be a weird game. I, actually, before we start with the previews, and I know this was my idea to do the previews, but there's some news that happened today. 
Okay. Let's, well, hey, let's get into that. That is kind of SEC after dark, kind of ACC after dark. With a oh, you talking about Florida State? Yes. yes. Florida State just basically said, we are gone from the ACC. We just need a place to crash for now and figure until we figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do they not have a big TV contract they're locked into? No, 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 no. They're in the ACC. You're talking about the ACC, Jeb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Point. Yeah. I you spent too much time constructing those bookcases. You didn't really yeah. realize yeah. what the ACC is all about here. <laughs> ACC yeah. is a place where it costs 150000 a year to go to college, and they make about $2 million a year in football. Wow. Yeah. So they don't make money, but they charge an arm and a leg. They actually probably make money off of tuition in that conference. Probably so. Yeah. <laughs> well, with some of the schools in the research triangle, yeah, probably. And the nerds. And the nerds, yeah. <laughs> nerds. They may well okay. they give you a big discount for in state tuition, I think. They kind of have to. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they kind of yeah, see to. that. They kind of struggle a little bit. So where do you think they're going? Yeah, I don't know, but the rumor that they're talking about is the Big Ten is going to come in and get Clemson and Florida State. And then you look at it and you're like, neither one of those schools are AAU schools. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and would the they, Big Ten completely change who they are to take a school with a clown college? Yeah, they mm. seem like they fit a lot better in the SEC than the Big Ten. Yeah, and then they absolutely uh. would. And then, then the news came out that the Big Ten was exploring expanding for Cal, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington. And that makes complete sense. After yeah, that USC and UCLA. Yeah, they just they're trying to build their West Coast brand there. Yeah. I I think if they're going to nab any teams from from the ACC, it would be those Northeastern teams, right? Like Pitt and Syracuse yeah. and Boston College. And, they probably and, try to get Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. And and after that TV contract that the Pac-12 just come out with, I don't blame the other schools for looking because that was awful. Yeah, yeah, you think the Pac-12 is just going to die? Big 12 yeah. will take what teams it's, at the it's, Big 10 does? It's dead. It's just a matter of right. how long it can stay before they pull the plug. You know? yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And everybody's talking about the storyline. It's like, hey, will Arizona be going to the Big 12? And I was like, no, that's not the story. The story is, will um, Oregon and Washington basically end up in the Mountain West? No, because they're going to go big. Ten. They're going to eventually go big ten. Like they're not eventually, end up in the but they're, but basically the Pac twelve remnants, the ones that are going to be left over, that might as well be um, the whack, the old school whack. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, let's see, let's yeah. see what teams are going to end up in the Mountain West. Like I think nobody's going to want Arizona, even though they're pretty good at baseball. And they're they're well, Arizona's going to the Big Twelve. Yeah. Yeah, so Arizona is going to go to the Big 12. Uh, That means Arizona State will probably follow them. Uh, Utah, that'll be an interesting one. Um, Didn't they turn down the Big 12? Yes, and they made a scene about it. It it is very reminiscent of what Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky did to the Sun Belt whenever they left for Conference USA. Basically, nanana boo-boo out the door, and then whenever they wanted to go (laughs) back to the Sun Belt, the Sun Belt's like, nah, we're good. (laughs) And now he the sun those is bridges, the, man. Now the mm. Sun Belt's the premier, the SEC of the G5. Mm. <laughs> Dummies. Man, they, well, and they've just owned FCS over the last 10 years. It, it's amazing. They've just owned FCS and they've built their brand with like the coastals and people like that. And 
James Madison. Like they're 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 picking uh, them, and then they're going to probably set their sights on on the Missouri Valley and then start picking those teams off. And yeah. it, they're doing they're doing really well for themselves. More so more so than any other conference. Like if I'm the if I'm the Mountain West, like well if, actually if I'm the Mountain West, I'm I'm licking my chops trying to get Washington State and Oregon State and Cal and uh, and uh, I don't know Stanford, what the heck Utah maybe. is going to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Big Ten makes a run at Utah? You think they're trying to like hold out for the Big Ten? Yeah, they probably are trying to hold out. I don't think the Big Ten's going to be making that that run. I, I don't think so either. Like I found that yeah. hard. Like that's not they're they're not really good at anything else. And we had a question up from Chauncey that says, "Do you want any other teams in the SEC? I feel like there's enough teams not playing each other as is, and now we add Texas and Oklahoma. Well, next year, whenever they switch to the nine game schedule and all that, it's going to be set up to where you have three rivals, which will take care of everybody, and then you'll play every team in the conference every other year. You would go through the entire roster, but that will be messed up if they expand again. Because That's what I was going to say. That works yeah. for Texas and Oklahoma, but what happens after that? Yeah, because it does seem I, like we're building these super conferences. But right, I, I think pods are the answer. Honestly, yeah. as much as I hate pods, but four five team pods. You play four teams in your own division every year, your own pod, and you just pick a pod the neck of somebody where else, and every three years you play the whole conference. That could work. That could yeah. work if if expanded, I guess. Right? Yes. And and if you do it, you you only can expand by four teams at a time. You can't have an 18 team conference. It has to go from 16 to 20. It has to go from 20 to 24, and you need that for the geographic pods that are being built. You, you, you've got to be very careful with what you're doing, and honestly, the SEC probably needs to get away from geography if they go to a pod system and just put teams in the pod because it doesn't necessarily matter which one you're in. Just do the competitive balance thing and let everybody go. Um, try and keep the rivals as close to, close together as possible. Yeah, I mean travel, uh, travel in this in the conference is no big deal whatsoever. Mm-hmm. No big deal. So I, I think when when you look at it, I, I don't. It's kind of a silly thing, but I guess if it works, I'm all for whatever works. I mean, you know, if it's if it brings us good football and you get to see Georgia finally play at Kyle Field, then yeah. I, I think it would work. Well, that's a tradition unlike any other. At this mm-hmm. point, I know, yeah. right? Nah. Georgia um, not playing Texas AM. Oh, uh, Oklahoma, Premier Stone. Look at this. Oklahoma, I don't, I don't go back to East West. I like the single table because you're going to get like a lot of times you get the best two teams in the conference are in the same division. Like it happened. This is like it seems to happen every single year because like Bam and LSU, best teams in the league a, a lot of years, didn't get the chance to play each other in the SEC championship. Um, Georgia, Tennessee, this past season, best two teams in the SEC didn't get yeah. a chance to play each other in the conference title game. Uh, I, I, I just think with the single table, you get a true SEC championship. Like there's, there's been years like the 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 one that Georgia broke the streak on, where they they won in 2002 against Arkansas. Like that Arkansas team was not good. No. They won the right games, but they were not they were not good. Well, this is the thing: if the SEC were expanded and to the point where you had the pods on everything, 
Mm-hmm. I think the SEC should have semifinals and then a championship game. The winners of each pod should play each other. It should be a 1-4, 2-3 type situation like the CFB playoff now. The two winners play for the SEC championship, and then you go to the college football playoff. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's what needs to happen. And people are going to say, hey, what about the kids? Screw the kids. They're making money. <laughs> They're they're, they're, oh, they're professionals yeah, no. now at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they want they want to play in a league that plays seventeen regular season games. Don't give me wear and tear. Yeah, Steve, you know this guy knows you apparently. Oklahoma from Maristone does. It's Jamie. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, yeah. Jamie, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Jamie. Yeah, that's Jamie Meredith. Um, What's up, Jamie? He was in our Discord live last night, which was like rocking. We did it for over an hour. It was fantastic. Steve, you you act like I met I've met Jamie Meredith before, and I should know who Jamie Meredith is. No offense, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, just a really good guy. Um, he's he's one of my Ole Miss peeps. There you go, (laughs) Ole Miss. Yeah, I've I've been getting in your Ole Miss Discord chat a little bit, and it's been been fun. Yeah, Discord has grown, Steve. That's a great idea. A great yeah, idea. We're, we're up to nearly 200 members at this point. Oh, all right. So what these 200 members need to do is they need to subscribe and like all of our stuff. Like, regardless, I, we're trying to build a true SEC network. So all you Ole Miss people, like, let's build a let's build a really good SEC. I mean, obviously, you can keep, you know, I want the SEC after dark page to be just as big as the Ole Miss page because I, I I want community. Like, as SEC fans, even though we hate each other on select Saturdays for one for one day a year, um, I think it's always fun to hear other fans' perspectives. I always love talking to opposite fans, right? I always love hearing, except Florida fans, that they're just too busy hitting me with beer <laughs> bottles. But um, – my principal is a floor is a Gator fan, so he, he might be tuning in tonight. I don't know, but See, um, Tennessee fans are nicer. We use mustard bottles; they're not as hard. That's true. They use golf balls though. And, <laughs> and hating me is an Auburn tradition. That's a 365, 24/7 gig. I love oh, it. Yeah, but uh, I I just in all seriousness, I I just like hearing other fans and and hearing other perspectives and listening to other things and not just burying my head and in, in, into the Georgia Bulldog stuff as my set would likely suggest that I do. I actually don't. Um, but uh, it's, it's fun. So let's, let's get some people there. Let's get some people subscribe to our channels. Uh, Tie talk live, believe in Georgia dogs, uh, SEC after dark. Let's, let's get, let's get these other pages up and going and, and, and the rest will kind of fall in place. So um, do we want to start on our team previews now? Yes, real quick though, Chauncey, do not say that. If you say that three more times, it's like Beetlejuice, they will appear. Don't do not tempt fate like that. Right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all four of you do a great job. No Aggies, please. Huh. I don't know any Aggies. Well, I have one cousin that's an Aggie. He he's probably okay. one of the, he's probably the most normal Aggie I've ever met, but I know a couple. Um, that's a valedictorian of summer school argument. I mean, I didn't say it wasn't. I, you know, I just, it is what it is. I mean, you take that for what it's worth. So, you know, you know uh, what we need to have eventually. We, we'll probably wait to right before the season happens. We should have like cult rankings inside the SEC. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Just right waste any time. And it's going to be number one. And it's yeah, one. Auburn's two. Auburn, Auburn is absolutely <laughs> number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. State's three. Mississippi State's three. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Tennessee's up there too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- Tennessee just thinks it's 1999 and nothing happened after their national title. <laughs> For a long time, Georgia was a cult with the whole 1980 stuff. People were stuck in the 19. 19- like I'm even wearing my. Yeah. We're not a cold just because we hibernated for a decade, all right? A decade? Just a decade? <laughs> yeah. Uh, shut up. Decade of <laughs> change? Yeah. There's, they still have commemorative going. license plates in Tennessee of the 1998 national title. Nope. <laughs> Cass is in. What's up, Cass? You're just in time. So who wants to start yeah. this thing off, right? We go, we go into some team previews. Let's I go into guess. some team previews. I was like, I'll start because – yeah, why not? Because, uh, you know, you gave Florida to the guy who doesn't know as much about football as everybody else. So let me start off and we'll get that one out of the I way. I don't think Florida knows about, as much about football as everybody else. So I think. <laughs> hey, Anthony right Richardson right. got picked fourth, so maybe we don't all know anything about football. Well, I've watched that, him play, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, I, I don't know if this is just a big fugaze, but apparently uh, – He's doing. He's lighting it up at Colts camp. But either that or the Colts PR team is really good. One of the. Two. Well, I think that's the case. They've been. They they were all prepared about what was coming, and also yeah. their defense could be shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're well, good. Good playing rating. Yep, right there. Twenty minutes in, did, that was me that yeah. time. Yeah, I did hear well, as soon as they put on pads, though he got a little more lost. But anyway, that's that was just one time. So, who knows? Who knows how it's going? I mean, we know how Florida went last year. It was six and six and. Just what two and five in the SEC? I think they were just they were they were rough last year. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine this year being that bad. But at the same time, you, um, while digging into this and trying to figure out what what's going on with Florida this year, you don't really see where they've really improved on anything. Uh, maybe last year was a fluke and they didn't need to improve as much. But I don't know. Looking at it, they do have uh, you know I think their weakness is still going to be offense as opposed to defense. Uh, so I really dig into the offense a little bit first, and then we'll end on a high note with the defense. But uh, offensively, they do have some good skill players. It looks like you know they've got that. Uh, and I do not know how to pronounce any of these names, so this is going to get bad. But like Ricky Purcell, Pearsall, Pearsall, Pearsall. Thank you. Uh, is kind of a playmaker, wide receiver, and I like him. They have a couple of younger wide receivers that haven't you know really produced as much yet, but they were highly ranked recruits that they could come in. Uh, I remember names like Caleb Douglas, Marcus Burke, people like that. So. It's uh, they have some playmakers on the outside. Their running backs are actually going to be a strength this year. Uh, you know, they had a, a, a raging Cajun follow Billy Napier over to the team, and he had a really good year last year. Uh, what was his name? Montreal Johnson. That was his name. Uh, had, a, had a pretty good year last year. He should be just as good this year. They have another one of the ETNs out there, uh, Tra- Trevor this time, I think. Uh, yeah, ETN, who, mm-hmm. yeah, who could who could end up being a pretty explosive playmaker too. So I bet he gets a lot more work in than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even got a little transfer from Tulane, who is actually a, a fairly big big dude. Uh, Cam Carroll was his name, and and that gives them a little more of a power back to go with their two more explosive fun uh, fast backs. So honestly, a good stable of running backs, and I think that running game is something they're going to have to lean on pretty hard this year. Uh, and, and so that's looking good for them. The problem is there are two big question marks or places you don't want to have question marks on offense. Uh, the first is the offensive line. It looks like they're pretty much completely replacing the offensive line this year. Uh, they do have some good like, transfers coming in, so some experienced players, which will hopefully help. Uh, they, they still recruit pretty well, so they've got talent. It's just having to put together a whole new offensive line uh, after a rough year anyway, and especially when you consider the fact that they're doing this with a quarterback that's definitely going to be less mobile than the one they had last year. Anthony Richardson was just an athletic freak. 
And we just don't see that with any of the, the replacements they have behind them. Maybe better polished passers, or at least that's what they're going to hope, but definitely not the guys who can move no. as much. So, Not the guy they got <laughs> starting right now. No. <laughs> well, and that's where they seem to be pinning their hopes right now. Uh, there's uh, Graham Mertz who, who transferred over. He's he, he was highly recruited coming out of high school. I, that's the best thing I can say about him. He has not lived up to it yet. Uh, he lived Wisconsin. up to it for one game. <laughs> one game. Yeah, his first, his very first start against Illinois as a freshman, he lit. You saw him play, and I was like, "Whoa, this guy's going to be special." And that was the last of Grammers. Yeah, I think. I think Jack, Jack Miller may be their way forward. Yeah, and he he got a little bit of experience last year, so he's mm-hmm. there uh, competing for it. And you're right, maybe he's he looks like he's probably going to be a little more athletic than than Graham Merce, but I don't know. We'll see about his passing. But but again, he's behind a line that's going to have to to kind of gel quickly, which could mean their first game at Utah is a little rough all around. Yeah. In fact, I would expect it to be because there's just, like I said, there's just too many new people here, even if they do have experience. Now, Florida hit the transfer portal pretty hard. You know, they, they're not quite as good as a, like Ole Miss at that, but but they definitely brought in a lot of transfers. So they're hoping that will help shore everything up while their younger people get, you know, some experience and pull this all together. But uh, – but that, I mean, that's pretty much how the offense is going to look. I think, like I said, they're going to try and lean on the run game, see how that goes, uh, and just hope their quarterbacks they can get one that can kind of run the offense and not screw it up too much. Uh, defensively, they look a lot better. I, it looks like just from paper a really good defensive unit. It just we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, they have, I think, what's going to be a really solid like front seven. They brought over some real big guys again through the transfer portal uh, to to play in the middle of that line. I know they got a big dude from Memphis that everybody's real excited about. Uh, Cam Jackson and and just a couple others. They they brought in one guy. Uh, What's his name? Is Desmond Watson? Dude's like over four hundred pounds. He's four hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, just a giant dude that they brought in to drop in the middle of that line. So running against Florida could be a little difficult. Yeah, and uh, they also they have a couple of like their two biggest stars. I would say right now are probably yeah. both on the defensive side of the ball, and one of those is an edge rusher. So and and they actually have a couple of good options at edge rusher, but the uh, the one. Good one. Is that the I'm Princely Yuma Yuman Prince, or something. You, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. Yuman England. Yuman England. Yeah. That sounds good. Princely Yuma Yuma Yuman. Anyway, yeah. he's a he's got to try that name. <laughs> it was I was about to try it. Y'all just did, but but no, he uh, he's he's got a ton of talent. Now he's young. Uh, he started living up to it a bit last year, so they're hoping that just progresses and he he really takes over. They have a couple other people out there. Uh, Tyreek Sapp, I know, is another one that kind of got some snaps last year and started a little better. So uh, just good options there, I think, on the outside. Good options in the middle of the line. Uh, their middle linebackers were looking pretty rough, but they got a, a transfer there again from Ohio State. Uh, and that one is – God, what is his name? Tarada Mitchell. Tarada Mitchell, yeah. Taraja I think Tarada sounds good, but no, no. But Mitchell, so – Taraja Mitchell. There you Tarado, go. Toronto, like Gino Toronto or whatever. The uh, Taraja. Fast, Taraja. Fast and the maybe, yeah. Taraja. It's family. <laughs> it's family. Everything. It's, they're going to be a Florida Gators. Dom Toretto, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway he's, he was a, a four star linebacker coming out of high school who actually played all right. So I think Dom Toretto would actually enroll at Georgia with all these speeding tickets. <laughs> hey, Chris Marshall actually got <laughs> thrown terrible. off the team at Ole Miss for Fast and the Furious type stuff. So Ooh. that actually literally happened, and that's the reason he's off the team in Oxford. <laughs> nice. Go figure, right? Well, yeah, just I don't know. 
Uh, but just I, kind I of round this out. Their their other best player on their defense is now who I think a lot of people expect him to be like a first or second round pick, and that's at corner. Uh, and he he should be a he should have one side locked down. Uh, I do, and let's see what was it? Oh, the other side actually I thought was going to be kind of a question mark, but they got a recruit or a transfer from Georgia, so you may remember him, Jalen Kimber, who looks mm-hmm. like he's kind of uh, going to shore up the other side. So they've got yeah. good corners, and they've got tough one to lose. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I can understand because he looks like he, he looks pretty solid. So he's, I he's think, big. He's he, he's got a big frame, physical guy, pretty fast. I mean, pretty pretty sporty. Georgia just got log jammed at corner, and he just wasn't. Yeah. Well, Florida he apparently stuck, very he much got stuck behind Kamari Lassiter for, and so he decided he, it was best for him to transfer. And we'll talk about Georgia next yeah. week. Well, yeah. Kimber will get to play next to Jason Marshall, so they, uh, who, who, like I said, should be a first or second round pick. So they uh, they've got good corners, and but their safeties are real young, and their backup, like any depth at corner in secondary, is all really young. They brought in a ton of talent, but it's all extremely young. So that if either one of those corners gets hurt, or if they just, you know, you get good at game planning to get around those corners, I think that's where their biggest weakness is going to come in. So really creative offensive talents, like uh, you know maybe Tennessee, the people like that. Uh, might be able to get some some room there, but for the most part, it should be a pretty decent defense. But, so, I, I mean, are, how are we finishing these? Are we going to like predict records, or we just we're just saying that's no, good? no, no, no. We're just we're just good. You just when okay. you're, you're done. Yeah. Well, that's pretty yeah, much what so, I saw from them it, offensively and defensively. And I'm I'm gonna transition us around here. Like it, it pains me to say that I actually feel bad for Billy Napier because Dan Mullen has screwed him over so bad that. We don't know if if Napier can actually coach because the, these teams have been pretty bare. The cupboards have been bare with with these teams. But I think the tr- I think he's done well in the transfer portal, so that should yeah. help him out. It does seem like just researching them, he's brought in a lot of transfer talent that's going to have to actually play this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, so Good we'll see uh, if that if that works out or not. But and they're recruiting well this this year, so if he can restock those cupboards, they'll they'll get much better eventually i sure i mean i think yeah. he's going to be okay but I, this I, year yeah. eh. i think he saved himself a little bit it's going to be kind of rough this year but i think they're getting the last bit of the the dan mullen era just kind of behind them yeah. and so if yeah, if, florida, if florida's patient with billy napier we can actually probably see this year is going to be probably his best coaching job if he can get them to a bowl if he can get them to about seven wins eight wins maybe seven wins would oh. be a good season i think here yeah, and, and you, one thing that this season is going to come down to is they missed out on Devin Leary, they missed out on Sam Hartman, um, and they ended yeah. up with Graham Mertz, and, and that that is what this season is going to be for Florida because this season would have been completely different perspective-wise if they got Sam Hartman or Devin Leary to play quarterback down there. Oh, if they got they they were almost going to get Devin Leary. That would have been a game changer. I mean, you, you know how I feel about Devin Leary. I feel that similarly about Sam Hartman. Um, those two would have instantly made them good. Yeah. It would have and instantly they, made them viable. And Jack Miller's got talent. He's not, you know, he didn't come in as like a five-star or anything, but he's still definitely got talent. So I mean, honestly, it just, it, I, I think that's I think that's the route to go. I mean, it's going to be a tough year, so you might as well see what you got with him. No, Jack yeah. Miller sounds like the name of a procedural cop on TV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. They got, they got him the, and then the, – that maybe is running hard Jason times and he's trying to come back. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jason is Marshall true. is their prime, premier corner. Yeah, it's like real easy <laughs> names. And then suddenly it's like Princely Umla Mama Mala and Tajay. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's all over the place with them. Taraja Mitchell. I don't know what it is, but Jack Miller makes me think of that old TV show back in the 80s, Sledgehammer. It makes me think of a 1998 jam band. Like Dispatch. Um, He's he's like the um, third front man of Black Sabbath or something like that. Jack Miller. No, definitely not that cool. He's like the third... He's like the no, third, the third, front man, the third like, front man. Every nope, everybody knows the first two, like um Ozzy and Ronnie James Dio, but nobody knows the third guy because the band was he, done at that point. He sounds like the second guy for the Silver Sun pickups. Lord. The well, government well, research Jason on that Isbo one. with mm-hmm. the drive by truckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys well, have to research Silver Sun pickups. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be. But <laughs> Okay. It shouldn't, but Jake, tell us about Mizzou. All right. So, um, researching Missouri, uh, Missouri, I kind of see where their fans are, have been so frustrated with, I guess, the lack of direction the team has gone in the last several seasons. Because if you remember when they first joined the SEC, they went on a 23 and 5 run and they won two SEC championships or SEC East championships and they played in the SEC championship game. They got beat both times, but at least they made it. Uh, they came within a loss to Auburn for playing in the 2014 BCS championship. Uh, and then when there's in the big 12, they came within a loss, uh, you know, a championship win there to play in the 2007 national championship. So, you know, I see where their frustrations come from. Uh, Barry Odom, his last three seasons, he had a 21 and 17 record. They never won a, a bowl game though. So it kind of, kind of hurt him. They got rid of him, brought in Eli Jankowitz. And since then, they are 17 and 19, zero bowl wins. And they got that one of those losses, and the bowl was to Army. So that's very embarrassing. So I see the frustration. But Missouri fans, there is hope because, you know, offensively, you, you needed some, some firepower and, and better playmaking, uh, play calling. So you bring in Kirby Moore from Fresno State. Uh, who averaged, you know, his passing attack averaged 271 yards per game, and their starting quarterback uh, was out for four games. Even they still had a really good attack. Um, you know, the this, the QB situation. This is where it's going to get tricky. You got to figure out who your, your quarterback is going to be. Brady Cook. You know, you had him all year last year, but he only finished with 14 touchdown passes. Needed a little bit more, you know, ump uh, at quarterback to be a playmaker. Uh, and six of those touchdown passes come against New Mexico State and Abilene Christian, so that's not really great, you know, to only have, what, seven touchdown passes or eight from SEC and other teams. Uh, so you bring in Jake Garcia coming in from Miami. Uh, he might be able to make the, uh, you know, get the starting job. Um, you got to get more out of your running game. The running game was really efficient last year. They averaged 156 yard, yards per game. Um, they uh, Cody uh, Schrader comes back. He led the team last year with 744 yards and nine scores. You also have a veteran, Nathaniel Pete, there. So you have options uh, there at on the offense to to get some firepower. You also still have your great wide receivers. Uh, yes, Lovett's gone, but you still have Luther Burden there and and uh, Mookie Cooper. 
So, and you bring in Theo Weiss from from Oklahoma, allows Burden to, you know, go different different directions on the field, uh, slot, play outside. We can you can use him a little bit more in your passing attack. Oh, you feel you're a Missouri fan. Hit, hit him with a week. No, I, I just I did my research. I just did my research like I was supposed to. So uh, defensively, you know, uh, they were really good at getting to the backfield. Uh, they was fourth in the SEC in total defense. So, I mean, the interior is really strong, and they got playmakers back there. Uh, they bring back a dangerous core of uh, linebackers. Teron Harper comes back. He was second on the team with seven, eight, uh, 78 tackles. 14 tackles for loss, so that was huge. And then Chad Bailey also returns, who made 57 tackles, uh, and he's in the middle. Uh, and the secondary is loaded with veterans. Uh, you've got Ennis Straw Jr., who's who's back there. Uh, Chris Abrams, Drain, I believe is how you, uh, Drainy is how you say his name. He's an Alabama uh, kid. He's back there. Yeah. Uh, he had um, he had 14 uh pass deflections last year so they are you know they're they're really really good and really deep on uh you know at at defense uh here's one one thing i found really really you know that will put into perspective for, for you missouri fans when when missouri had over 224 yards passing last year they were five and one they were one and six when they didn't so you need sure. to find a quarterback who's going to get you at least 225 yards because historically that set up well for you last year when you didn't get it you struggled so Jake Garcia to me feels like that guy and he you know so that that QB situation is going to be fun to watch in camp if you're a Missouri Tiger fan all right that's yeah. a really, really good preview. I this is like the quarterback battle there. Um, and if you don't know the backstory on Jake Garcia, he's the one that went from California to Valdosta, was then ruled ineligible, and then later played for a different school in Georgia before uh, signing at Missouri or transfer. No, he went remember. to Miami then. Transferred went to Miami to then transferred mm-hmm. to Missouri. Yeah, that's right. Um, see, it's so many twists and turns. You you forget one of them, and then yeah. boom. But uh, yeah, so this is gonna, you know, this is this is Eli Drinkwitz year. I mean, I, I know we've we've put him on the hot seat just about every year, and he somehow survived. I guess Missouri yeah. hadn't figured out that he's losing, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're they're ranked below Vandy for uh, yeah. least for least intimidating, or they're ranked oh, yeah. above Vandy for least atim- intimidating uh, home home stadiums. Which, uh, by the way, I did not make friends that night. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. So, like, somebody's not noticing what's going on there. So, well, yeah, they definitely don't notice. That's they don't notice they lost. Maybe they don't know the rules of football. I right. mean, they're not an they're not an SEC school. I mean, Missouri no, is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so maybe they just don't know what's going on, and they think they're going doing really, really well. I, I don't know. I, I will say when they won the 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 East a couple you know a couple of times the the East was down. I mean Georgia was kind of struggling. Uh, Florida I don't think had really good teams. Tennessee was a disaster back then. So I mean it was Missouri who who took it those two years. But mm-hmm. since then it's been Georgia and Florida for for the most part recently mainly Georgia. I, I like James Franklin and Jeremy Macklin and those teams. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when, those when Gary the, Pinkle the had, he had it. Yeah, had it going. He, he really did. had it going for about a five year yeah. period. Yeah. They need to go back to. The, can we trade Missouri for like Kansas State? I, honestly, I'll. I, I if. If the SEC expands, I would be down with them um, getting Kansas, but just so Missouri would have something to play with. (laughs) (laughs) Making friends over there. So uh, we're at the halfway point of our team previews here. Uh, Before we we really get off the rails, I want to let you know, hey, Ole Miss fans, our our friends at Dead Soxie have a unique way for you to get back your favorite. Let me start that over. Because I can't read, apparently. <laughs> so, hey, Ole Miss fans, our friends at Dead Soxie have a unique way for you to back your favorite team. By subscribing to Ole Miss NIL Sox subscription, you'll get the latest, freshest socks and also directly support Ole Miss athletics. You're not just a subscriber. You are a member. As a member, you get perks like top priority access to new Ole Miss socks, Ooh. a standing 25% discount, and most importantly, free shipping. Plus, you can score a free pair of limited edition Juice Kiffin socks when you sign up. No membership fees, no fuss, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Just add a pair of NIL socks to your cart and set your delivery frequency, and you're all set. So head to deadsoxy.com now and join the Ole Miss NIL subscription. Steven, you look different. Steve, you got a beard and a Tennessee fan now. What the? <laughs> what happened? This is, a wild, this is a wild show. This is a very wild show. Let's see. Steve is in the. Uh, mm. Oh. Playing magical squares here. So, deadsoxy.com. Stay soxy. We're also presented by betonline.ag. Uh, as Steve is in his uh, black screen of death here, um, we're also presented by. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> yes, we are here. BetOnline.ag, you can get all of your sports betting needs, live bets, props, futures, anything you want, any sport or event that you want. BetOnline.ag has it. Uh, they have everything. So you can bet on your Heisman odds. You can bet on your NL MVP odds. You can bet on uh, over and unders now, the Texas Rangers baseball now that Max Scherzer got traded. Um, you can bet on the Charlotte Hornets when the NBA cranks back up. Uh, you can bet on the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know why you would, but you could. Uh, so all of that at betonline.ag plus they have an online casino. So you can play blackjack, craps, roulette, whatever you want to play. So head to the website. You can also hop on your mobile device. I'm pretty sure there's an app. Type in that promo code when you sign up. Believe it's B-L-E-A-V to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So betonline.ag is where the game starts. So since Steve is not here, I guess I'm going to have to talk about Vandy. <laughs> yep, you're yeah. next. We're going to preview the Vanderbilt Commodores. Okay. Probably the most interesting, least interesting team in all of college football. Uh, Clark Lee is beginning year three. He comes in with a 7-17 seven and 17 record. Uh, last year was a vast improvement. Five and seven overall, two and six in conference, uh, with huge wins over Florida and Kentucky. Um, so for Vandy, we we've talked about them. The goal is to go bowling, right? They dominated Florida, which 
any win over three points is a domination for Vandy. They beat Kentucky. <laughs> uh, they they terrorized Will Levis last year, and so they're going to look to build on that. All right. And first, it's it's going to start with the offense and, and and the quarterback AJ Swan, dude. It's he is when you watch him play football, it is absolutely outstanding. The offense only averaged 347 yards and 25 points per game. Uh, they've got some things to work on as far as generating first downs and, and points and things like that. But he is somebody that um, that they can build around. It seemed like when he took over the starting quarterback job last year, everything went up. Mike Wright was the team's uh, second-leading rusher, um, but uh, he's at Mississippi State now, so you don't have to worry about that. So Swan is the main guy. There's no oh, competition there. Um, forgot about that. Yeah, so – uh, the thing that Swan needs to improve on, if he if he wants to, and I, I think he will, uh, is he needs to improve his accuracy a little bit. I, I think, you know, throwing ten touchdowns and, and two interceptions uh, is good, but I think he can, uh, I think he can be, I think he can be better. He, you could see his intangible qualities uh, in the Florida game and in the Kentucky game. Led the team down the field, led the team throughout those whole games, and and kept them from doing the Vandy which is collapsing and folding and letting those teams come back and win. So uh, that'll be fun. Uh, receiving The receiving core, uh, Will Shepard, uh, he, he was the team's leading receiver with six, uh, 60 receptions and 776 yards and nine of those 10 touchdowns from A.J. Swan. He is a true deep threat. Um, they, have, uh, they have a bunch of other receivers coming back as well. Um, the offensive line, is is coming back. Julian Henderson is the centerpiece of that, which is funny because he's actually the center, um, and so uh, he's going to be the leader of that offense. Um, uh, Ray Davis is off. They lose Ray Davis. That's probably the biggest loss that that Vandy had. Uh, they, they he transferred to Kentucky. Patrick Smith, Chase Gillespie uh, didn't combine for much. Uh, Ray Davis got most of the work, but they should. Uh, when you add Cedric Alexander. They should have a nice one, two, three punch there in the backfield. And and hopefully you'll see Vandy. I, I think with a little bit more experience coming back, some of these guys playing together, I think in the same system will do much better. And I think the rushing attack should be good with those three. I'm looking forward to Cedric Alexander really making uh really making some some headway here. He is shifty, quick, kind of an explosive style runner. Um and, and so that, that'll be that'll be fun to watch as Vandy tries to go balling defensively. Okay. Um, well, it, it can get ugly at times if you're, uh, if you're Vanderbilt, you know, uh, they just, they lack depth back there. Uh, and I think that's, you know, when you look at teams like Vandy, when you look at teams like Arkansas and, and uh, Tennessee and, 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 and things like that, they, you, you look at the depth and say, okay, if they sustain a couple of injuries, it's going to get ugly here. So, but again, that's Clark Lee's side of the ball. He came up as a as a defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Had them had some uh, college football playoff type performances throughout the season throughout his time at Notre Dame. He was a big part of what Brian Kelly was doing up there in South Bend uh, before he left. So um, you know, look for this side of the ball to uh, to improve. So. Um, 
the good news is, is they can't get much worse. Um, they finished 122nd in the nation in total defense, 124th in scoring defense, and they allowed 461 yards and 36 points per game. Good Lord. So <laughs> they can only go up. <laughs> yeah. Um, nowhere to go but up. But where do those yards come from? Where do those points come from? Well, they don't have a pass rush, right? They only had 17 sacks on the year. The whole year. As a team. Uh, 14 of them coming in a five-game stretch. Uh, no one did anything <laughs> of note. Um, but defensive tackle Christian James led the team with three sacks. Uh, there is Anias DeCosmo. He's a transfer from Stanford. And Prince Colley, transfer from Notre Dame. Those two guys are going to bring in and uh, come in and bring some much-needed help to this uh, pass rush and defensive line. Um, they will be hybrid defenders, so they're going to be they're going to be kind of getting after a little bit. James returns on the inside, of course, um, and then it's up to uh, the rest of the rotation. But those three those those guys are going to be the centerpieces of that defensive front. Um, James was the best. He had also had seven and a half tackles for loss. So Christian James was really their their entire defense. But CJ Teller Teller CJ Taylor should should be should provide some much-needed support from the outside linebacker position as well as Devin Lee um, can be disruptive up on the front. So the pressure will have to end up coming from several spots. They're going to have to get creative with their schemes, okay? Um, Anthony Orgy, he's gone. It's going to be tough to replace him. He made 107 tackles last year. C.J. Taylor, thankfully for them, was second with 59. So that's a big, big gap. So it's going to be up to Kane Patterson and Ethan Barr uh, at the inside linebacker spot to try to fill the shoes left by Anthony Orgy. Um, so that's going to be tough to do. But, again, two talented players there, Kane Patterson from uh, right up the road at CPA. So uh, that's, going to be, uh, that's going to be a position where you look at and you're just like, okay, they're going to have to figure out linebacker. They're going to have to get creative here. Okay, uh, But secondary, uh, Jalen Mahoney, he is a uh, – uh, he's, he fills the stats up, which being the 124th ranked defense uh, in scoring and 122 in total defense. I don't know what stats he's uh, stat sheet he's filling up, but probably not the right ones. But uh, at the safety position, Jalen Mahoney again can only get better. Um, DeRicky Wright will also work. Um, he can work kind of as a hybrid safety outside linebacker alley player so that'll that'll be uh that'll be interesting there corners Ty tyson russell and bj anderson also come in with a little bit of experience but again when you look at when you look at this defense is experience really what you want i don't know um <laughs> maybe you need some new blood in there i don't know but um, you know, they're, they're going to look at a few of these guys, uh, but I think the two transfers, Aeneas DeCosmo and Prince Collie, are going to be the two that I think are going to be the keys to this defense. Can they bring some leadership from outside to kind of put all of this together? Can the defensive scheme finally click for these guys uh, on that side of the ball? Of course, as I said, they can only go up. So what's going to happen? Well, you know, we put their over under at about what five and a half. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good actually. Yeah, um, and with the new clock rules, it I think it favors Vandy because they they have the they have the ability and they have the the way their offense is built. They could they could get in some games where 
they're kind of slowing things down and and uh, or actually speeding the game up by by running the ball and, and, and limiting possessions and that could be something that they could uh, they could do. So um, I'm looking at Shedrick Alexander to be the main guy in that, of course. Um, so that that's going to be good. Uh, Rocco Griffin's also a key loss. He went to the Roadrunners as a running back. Beep, beep. Me, me. All right. Okay, so their wait. key their key game is actually going to happen on September 9th when they when they travel to Wake Forest. This will be one of this will be the game that's either going to launch them into into a bowl uh, because I think if they if they can win that game, that'll get them the much needed momentum they have to to actually get to that sixth win. Um, even though that will be uh, that'll probably be their third win if they if they win that one, but um, or their second win because it's September 9th. But it's at it's at Wake Forest. That'll be uh, that'll be an interesting game there. That'll kind of get their season uh, off and running. So uh, some fun some other fun stats uh, in the first quarter. Vanderbilt was outscored 113 to 65. Um, opponents were averaging 15.2 yards on punt return average uh, versus Vanderbilt's 4.7. And uh, Vanderbilt was seven of 12 attempting field goals so that's got to improve too they can improve some of that stuff they can hit the over on their win total is the girl still kicking for them no okay no thankfully for them they're they're not (laughs) not i'm gonna have to do a speed preview (laughs) yeah long-winded Corey there (laughs) well what do you expect i I know a lot about vanderbilt now i like it south carolina garnet black Okay, they beat Tennessee, beat Clemson. We're mm-hmm. wondering about Spencer Radler. They lost some pieces. They got Trey Knox. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Great, and nailed it. Yes, boom, <laughs> nailed it, nailed it. When we were, when we preview Ole Miss, we'll have to just have a special show for Steve because that's all he'll talk about. Well, when Steve, <laughs> when, long when, one. when Steve previews Ole Miss, we'll just put a link up to his uh, <laughs> right. Locked On Ole Miss channel. We'll just kick back and yeah. Yeah, when we, pre- when we preview Georgia, um, oh, yeah, God. we might have to have like a four and a half hour show by Corey. I'm at least practicing. This, this, this is the now. third string left guard. Yeah. That's going to make a difference on the scout team. I'm going to be breaking down the scout team, so you can get ready for that. All right, Steve, in all seriousness, go. Um, South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, and I am going to be brief with this one because South Carolina is good, but a lot of the hype that South Carolina gets is because of what they did against Tennessee and what they did against Clemson. Um, Before that, they were a problem. Um, That people, everybody was concerned about Spencer Rattler, who has more talent than you can even imagine, but he has to unlock it. So if he can, we get to find out much like um, LSU with Jaden Daniels. We get to find out if that three-game spec – um, stretch was the norm for Spencer Rattler, the new normal, or is he going to regress back to what he was? Mm-hmm. Now, South Carolina lost some transfers, um, tight end, running back, some players that went off to do other things. So they've had to rebuild. They've got Trey Knox from Arkansas. So I mentioned that before. Good player. It, it's going to be an interesting situation. Um <laughs> They, they've got a lot of work just to be decent defensively. 
And this feels like it could be a major Achilles heel, even for super swag Shane Beamer, which I can't believe that he even has that nickname. I mean, and, and them not doing it um, ironically. <laughs> but the linebackers are okay, and the safeties didn't get much of a help from pass rush, so they have to figure out how to get to the quarterback. I mean, that that's that's what they have to do at the moment. Now, the keys to the season for South Carolina is going to be take care of the football. It's, it's really simple A-B football that we're talking about with South Carolina. If they can get turnovers, they can um, affect the other team and the outcome of it. If they give it away, they're not going to be in many games. Their top transfer portal is Trey Knox. Um, Jordan Birch has left for Oregon. Lots of players went to Oregon, by the way, this offseason. Mm-hmm. Dan Lanning. Um, Dan Lanning. Yeah. Um, the key player, Nick Gargiulu, as a guard. Their key player is a guard. That should tell you everything you need to know. Their key game is their opener against North Carolina and Charlotte. And these are their top 10 best players, okay? Antoine Wells is their is a wide receiver, is their number one. Number two is Spencer Rattler. They put Spencer Rattler number two. Tonka Hemingway attack. That's what he's gonna do against Georgia's defense. <laughs> Trey Knox, Jordan Strachan. Uh, it, there's a whole lot of play in there, and these are all upperclassmen as well. These aren't there's no young players that are really popping up at the moment. So we'll see exactly what happens. After reading this and doing this preview. I, I don't know how I feel about the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, honestly, the, they set the over-under win total at seven. And I, if they don't beat North Carolina, how do they get there? A Cou- yeah. couple of injuries. That, 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 that thing could get to two or three real quick. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where South Carolina could have a very disappointing season. Um, but all of this hype that – basically South Carolina has going into the season, it kind of makes me wonder if it just wasn't them beating a bad Clemson team. And um, ten, uh, that Tennessee game was so weird. <laughs> yeah, Kiss Tennessee was just a bad day. That, that, was just, that was just – Hooker wasn't playing that game. He was hurt, right? No, yeah, that's when he got in the game. He got yeah. in the game. But it was at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, true. well, yeah, it was part of a long bit. That was not the reason that they lost, No. That was a decade's worth of frustration unleashed. But those orange helmets were fire. I loved them. They'll never wear them again because they got boat raced, but I liked them. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a good touch. Like, I'm finally glad to see Tennessee mess with the helmet a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, outside of just the Smokies. And I I like the black helmets. It was the the midnight helmets or whatever they're called. Yeah, the black and orange is, is nice. But I did like the orange a lot, too. I agree. Maybe they but should like just I go said, black and orange. That that's a that's a I can live with that. That's I hard I need to wear that orange helmet and wear traffic cone uniforms. <laughs> ah. I, I I need that like oxygen. <laughs> oh, that would be I don't so think they'll do that, but that would be just the pinnacle of ridiculous. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Absolutely it would be fantastic. very fantastic. But, yeah, so South Carolina's pro- – thanks to their creative team, their social media creative team, they're getting a lot of hype. They have a great social media team, by the way. Yeah. Some of the videos they've come out with. 
it's it's it kind of it's kind of funny that the social media and everything you can have momentum just completely based off of your social media team. It can have no substance whatsoever. But you know what the sad thing is right now? You don't have to have it. Yeah, you, no. you don't. And the example of that is this right here, mm-hmm. because I see South Carolina, I see nothing but problems, and all of a sudden people talking about them being third or fourth in the East. Yeah, secretly, like, they very quietly somehow lost a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about that. Including to Florida State, who's going to be really good this year. I, I, yeah. I think Florida State has a chance to beat LSU in that first game, and everybody's going to say, oh, FSU is good. Well, it just may be that LSU is not. But Florida State is going to be good. Yeah, yeah I think Jordan, or Jordan Travis is in some Heisman talks. Yeah. Well, LSU's getting a lot of hype. It'll be interesting to see if that's real or not, but, mm-hmm. but we'll preview them at another time. Yeah, and we'll preview Alabama. The, the, everybody looks at me. I put my predictions out of Alabama winning the West, and they're like, well, why didn't you pick LSU? It's like the game's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. I mean, LSU needed a two-point conversion to beat them in Baton Rouge. And they think – I mean, Alabama, like, I, I think just because they lost Bryce Young, who's – killing it for the Panthers right now. Uh just because they lost Bryce Young that they're going to go 5 and 7 all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> we lost both games last year by a combined 5 points. Just, like yeah. I, 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 yeah, Alabama had the weirdest season in the world last year. Mm-hmm. Cuz they were literally two plays away from winning the national championship and two plays away from going to the Music City Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's the mm-hmm. most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Bill Bryan. And that's, the, yeah, that's a fan looking in, too. You know, outside fan looking in, you just try to be in it. It was a weird season. So and, bizarre. But they still have a ton of talent. But the things that oh, you yeah. question with Alabama, not to get into a full Alabama preview, but the things you question with Alabama is how's this new coordinator going to handle, like the quarterback position can ruin a lot of things for you if you don't get it right. And more so than any other position. And the the coordinator-quarterback combination has got to be the right fit. Like for Bryce Young, when he had Sark, great fit. Yeah. When he didn't, brutal. So I figure the next episode we will do – Let's go over to the West. The other three teams in the SEC East and Mm -hmm. Auburn. Because they're seventh in the West and garbage. Amen. Um, 22 is doing Auburn. I guess I'll take Auburn. (laughs) Well, you're not going to take Georgia? (laughs) I was going to say, I think you got Georgia. I was assuming. Jeff's got Tennessee. Yeah, I I figured out two percent. I think Jake should do Auburn. Jake should definitely do Auburn. I forgot (laughs) we were doing Georgia. I thought we were just going to let – Okay, yeah. yeah. And I'll I'll take Kentucky or – Jake can take Kentucky and I'll get Auburn because literally on the Auburn Discord of the Locked On Auburn website, I had a game that I said, hey, Auburn probably has a chance to get it to beat Ole Miss in this game because of all the craziness that is likely going to happen. I had Auburn fans saying that I'm just absolutely serious that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm just a fool. And I was like, did did you not – Watch the video <laughs> because I'm starting to wonder if I was. 
<laughs> Gosh. <laughs> You've I'm convinced wrong. me. I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I am incorrect. I'm incorrect. <laughs> Auburn will not beat Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll correct myself. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, take Auburn. Didn't say beat the brakes off of. That's what made him mad. Yeah. Uh, all, I, all I know, if, if, if Ole Miss pulls out that game this year, and that's going to be a very weird game. I guarantee it's going to be like 7.30 at Jordan-Hare. Mm-hmm. There's going to be the horseshoes, the whole nine yards in that stadium. And if Ole Miss wins that game, Ole Miss and Auburn do- doesn't play in 2024. You talk about <laughs> Steve Willis feeling himself. Oh, and yeah. Auburn fan. Oh, my goodness. Uh, shoot. The, they, already, fans count? They, already, they already broke out stats of what Bo Jackson did against Ole Miss because Ole Miss last year, the last data point, ran for 450 yards. Golly. So it's like, okay, you're bringing up a 60 year old man is not helping your argument. (laughs) It's Uh, not, it's not, it is not. Did you bring up Ben Obamanu? No, no, no. I I don't bring up anything with them. They, they're the ones that bring it up. I just say what happened. Well, that happened. He dropped a pass. Not last year. And and, and all this won that game. That happened 20 years ago. Well, you have to, yeah. That to me, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't really. Yeah. I just being petty at that point. Yeah. If somebody if somebody's kids can be playing in the game right now, that that game doesn't matter. Yeah, it's what happened last year. Oh, fun thing before we get out of here tonight, and this is for all the Tennessee fans that I'm waiting to kick that anthill over to get y'all in there. Just remember, there's no high school kids that know what it's, knows what it's like for Tennessee to beat Ole Miss. Oh, <sighs> thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there no, that's that fun. Yeah, so, okay. Watch those ants scatter. So, well, <laughs> on, on that note, we're going to leave you right there. We, uh, we hope you had a great time listening to our show. We hope now that you're very well educated on Vandy, Missouri, South Carolina, and Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Vandy definitely has an interesting team, that's for sure. So um, we are <laughs> – thanks, man. Uh, we are SEC After Dark, presented by Dead Soxie and uh, BetOnline.ag. We are going to see you back here next week, back here better than ever. Check us out uh, on the YouTube channel. Also, check us out anywhere you find your podcast. Don't forget, we have an audio version so that if you're in your car driving around, you can actually listen to our show. Not live, obviously, but you can click on and listen to our show. You don't have to see our face. That's a positive. Mm -hmm. That is a positive. You just have to you just have to hear our voices. I don't know what's worse. Um, although, although my dead soxy display, whenever I'm doing show and tell, you can't can't really do that. Yeah, that's you know, true. You can't, you can't uh, yeah. That. But but th- me uh, rubbing two my last two brain cells together to try to make that second read was uh, very descriptive. <laughs> they they I just I couldn't I couldn't put my two brain cells together in there in that first sentence. It was it was bad. Uh, that happens sometimes. I read a lot, and every now and then I just start over. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did I just well, it certainly happened there? So also catch us uh, later in the week uh, with the uh, 1923 re- rewatch uh, mm-hmm. episode. So that's going to be. Uh, look forward to that as well. Six. Episode six. It's going to be a banger. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. did, Dids in the Dugout, um, the Derek Vandegrift show dropped. He was the first person that debuted a podcast that wasn't already doing one. <clears throat> Joke. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> That's design there, bro. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm about to leave town for a month, just so we're clear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can get StreamYard on your phone. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, maybe StreamYard. I couldn't do YouTube Shorts. We learned that. Yeah. Well, you can do YouTube Shorts from StreamYard. It's, it's because you don't have a phone. You have you have the opposite of, like, the flip phone from Yeah, was, um, I was the one that Zoolander. pulled down the nice big tablet. Good Lord. It's not a but phone, they, that's a mini computer. That's the problem. They count it as a tablet, so some apps don't work right. I didn't know that when I bought it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. Jeb's right. weak phone. We are SEC After Dark, presented by Dead Soxy. We hope you see you back here next week. Join us on Friday. And as always, go dogs. Potty Tiles. Pro Tide. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.